0: Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, the message I had planned uh, just got changed a couple of minutes ago while we were singing the song. So we're going to, it's going to be a whole different message. Just kind of okay. popped in my <laughs> brain. Lord said, do this instead of that. Yes, sir. So uh, we're going to be in Psalm 103. Psalm 103 We were here not too long ago but apparently the Lord wants this read again this morning Psalm 103 <coughs> That's uh, right after Psalm 102 <laughs> You got it, Jerry. Okay, good. I see that thumbs up back there. Thank you. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being Praise his name. Praise the Lord on my soul and forget not all of his benefits. So as I, as the Lord has given this to me right now, it's, you know, it's Father's Day and we think about earthly fathers and and I suppose that uh, there are times when we, we want to know what that's about because some of us didn't have uh, earthly fathers that... Uh, that were a good, good father. Can we just put it that way? Some of you had fathers that perhaps um, had struggles in their lives and those struggles carried over into their parenting. And, and uh, it's not that they intentionally set out to hurt you, but they did. Um, and then some of you had good, good fathers who set out intentionally to be a good, good father, and they were to you. But our Heavenly Father is not like any earthly father. Right? Our Heavenly Father is not like any earthly father. But earthly fathers can be like a heavenly father in, in many ways. We can choose to be that way. Uh, every father here can choose to be like God. The, the song that we, the, the new song that Frank introduced this morning, it says, yes, we are part earth, but we're also part divine. As a matter of fact, it says in First Peter, we can participate in the divine nature of God. We, we have the opportunity, men and women have the opportunity to participate in the divine nature. So a father can choose to participate in the divine nature of God, or he can choose not to. And so what does that nature look like? Psalm 103 captures that for us. So as we think about Father's Day, as we read these scriptures, I want us to capture the the true heart of God here. Now, this psalm is about the the hesed of God. H-E-S-E-D, I'm introducing you to a Hebrew word. Hesed, H-E-S-E-D, the Lord's hesed. We might translate it love, but in Hebrew, uh, when you read the word hesed, it's, it's much bigger than the word love. It's love, it's caring, it's concern, it's, it's discipline. The word hesed is a huge word. You know, the Hebrew words can have like 25 different meanings for one word, right? Um, and so as we read down through, we're going we're to see a dozen or two dozen ways that God expresses his chesed, his kindness, his, his love for us. So here we go. Uh, first off, he forgives all of our sins. Now, don't raise your hands, but has anybody committed a sin this week? Anybody at all? Okay. Now, you may want to confess and raise your hands because, you know, confession is good for the soul, right? So, okay, I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you, Janice, for being, being so honest there. You want to tell us what that sin was? No, I'm just teasing <laughs> She's shaking her head, no, no, not at all. Uh, You know, the Catholic Church has a confession booth where you can go in and sit and talk to a priest and confess your sins, and I think there's a lot of good that can take place there because you're telling somebody how you screwed up during the week, right, and you're getting it off your chest, and and then the, the priest on the other side tells you, you know, something to do about it, and you feel better about your life. It's a good thing. God says, if we confess our sin to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from what—all unrighteousness, which means to—it means to restore the relationship. Righteousness is about relationship. That's what the word means. And God comes and says, Sure, if we can clean all this up, I want to be in great relationship with you. And now that you've cleaned yourself up, we can we can have a better conversation. It's not that God turns His back on us when we sin. It's just that you can't have the best conversation with God when there's something standing in the way. Right? Does that make sense? And so God says, let's just clear the air. And then we can have a better conversation, better relationship, better understanding. So the first thing he does is to forgive us of our sins. Good fathers do that. I forgive you. Then he heals all of our diseases. Oh, wait, wait, let me get my pen out. He heals only a few of our diseases. Let me scratch that through. There are (laughs) preachers today who preach the Bible who will tell you that God doesn't heal anymore. He doesn't heal physically anymore. And there's some big name people. You can listen to them on the radio or the TV or watch them on the TV and see them on the internet, whatever. And they will tell you that God is not in the healing business anymore, but he is. He is. There's too many stories from around the world of people being healed. If you want to read about healings, look up, Google Heidi Baker and look at all the healings that take place under her ministry. Some amazing things that are taking place. I've got some friends who every Tuesday go to the war memorial uh, in, down in Nashville, and they minister to the homeless people. Just dozens and dozens of homeless people come out, and they, they feed them and clothe them. They, they do whatever they can to help them. And there's this one gentleman that's, this uh, that shows up just about every week, and he uh, is an avowed uh, witch, warlock. And uh, I've seen him. I've looked in his eyes before, and uh, he and I did... He and I did an eye battle before. We didn't say any words, but he knew who I was, and I knew who he was, and uh, and he blinked first because Jesus is in me, right? And when you stare down a witch or a warlock, uh, eventually Jesus wins, right? If you'll hold your ground. Anyway, they've been witnessing to this man for several years, and uh, he vilely tried to cast spells on people, and and. Uh, all that kind of thing, just really vile, vain things. Anyway, this past week, uh, because they've been loving on him, every time he comes by, they'll give him some food or some water, or whatever he might need, and uh, he finally stopped and said, tell me about Jesus, and supposedly invited Jesus into his heart, and for the first time hugged these men and women who minister to him. So it's the power of Christ, right? He can heal any disease, whether it's uh, a demonic attack whether it's a physical attack he, God loves doing that but on our part it takes persistence and faith and fortitude right right to stand in the face of that so he heals all diseases our father loves to do that who redeems your life from the pit of despair now if you are <laughs> I see a few smiles from people who are familiar with that. Uh, The best movie of all time, right? The Princess Bride. And when when Wesley gets taken and put into the pit of despair, right, where his life gets sucked away from him. Anybody seen the movie? But here, there's three of us. I see four of them. Five? Great. rest of you need to watch the movie so you can understand the metaphor. Anyway, Wesley gets captured. He's put in the pit of despair, and there's a machine that sucks the life out of him. And he's mostly dead, right? He's not all dead, but he's mostly dead. And Miracle Max makes up a pill and gives it to him and he comes back to life and he saves the day and rescues the princess, right? You've seen the story. Have you ever found yourself in the pit of despair where your life is being sucked away? Maybe because of something someone else has done they're very toxic in your life. Or maybe something you've done to yourself. You've put yourself in the pit of despair and you're letting something suck your life away. You ever been there? God likes to rescue us from those pits. He likes to come in and say, you're mostly dead. Yes, you, you let your life be sucked away. You're mostly dead. But I like restoring dead people. Or mostly dead people. We see Jesus doing that, right? Right? And Jesus said, I'm only doing what Daddy tells me to do. And we, see, we see Jesus raising people from the dead because Daddy said, raise them from the dead. He redeems our life from the pit, and He crowns you with love and compassion. It's a royal crown, right? He puts it on your head and says, Wear this proudly. I crown you with love and compassion, with mercy. He satisfies our desires with good things. Now, in the Hebrew, this word is Seba, S-A-B-A. He crowns us, he satisfies us, and it refers to tangible things. This is not some mystical, magical something. He, he's out here saying, okay, I'm just going to wave some fairy dust over you. and You're going to fly off to Never Never Land. He's not saying that. He's saying, I'm going to bless you with tangible things, something you can feel and touch and hold. I don't know what you desire tangibly, but God says he satisfies our desires with tangible things. Amen? That's, That's a good, good father, right? Good fathers do that. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God knows you need something, and he says, I want to give that to you, so it will encourage you. I want to encourage you with this. And so maybe something comes into your life to encourage you. When Debbie and I uh, were first married, we'd been married a year or so, and uh, I was driving a a classic, a 64 Ford four-door Galaxy 500. Big old beast, it would go down the road, like a 290 engine in it. I mean, it was was nice, but it was old, but it was nice. And uh, we really needed a new car. But we were newlyweds and making $75 a week and between the two of us. And, and uh, there's no way we could afford a car. And so my great aunt passed away, uh, Aunt Gladys. And she was a very spiritual woman, a very spirit-filled woman, spiritual woman. And she had left in her will that whoever the preacher was in the family would get her car. <laughs> and so I happened to be the only preacher in the, of all the cousins and everything and so I get this call one day, and it's the attorney called and says, Attorney, Aunt Gladys has died, and she's in the wheel. She's left your car. It was a Pontiac Catalina. It had like 500 miles on it, right? It's just spanking brand new. She had parked it in the garage, and the battery had died. All I had to do was put a new battery in, right? And we had a brand new car. And she gave me all of her religious books, which are some really great books. She gave me. Fill the trunk up with books, spiritual books. We didn't pray for that. We didn't think about that. We weren't even thinking about how we were going to get, we weren't thinking about Aunt Gladys passing away or even inheriting a car, right? But God, our Father, knew we needed one, and that's what He gave us. Okay? And we were so encouraged, man. We drive around in that car. We went around blowing the horn at everybody, you know? <laughs> Back in the day when you did that, look at my new car. My free new car. Right. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deed to the people of God, uh, to Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. Was your dad, your earthly dad, compassionate and gracious and slow to anger? Well, I saw some faces. Was your dad quick to anger? Did that hurt? I'm sure it did. But God is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. In other words, he didn't want to jump down your throat. He's gonna to listen to you. He's gonna he's gonna watch the crazy things you do and the crazy things you say and go, okay. Uh, they'll, they'll grow up in a little bit, they'll, they'll learn I'm going to be patient with that I, I don't need to correct that today if it keeps going on I'll correct it but it's very slow very compassionate, very gracious he's abounding in love he will not always accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities oh my word, can you imagine being being paid back for your sins He does not treat us as our sin. Can you imagine what that would be like? So, think about it for a minute. If at the end of every week, on Saturday, God had an accounting. And every Saturday, you and I had to show up in front of God, and we got treated the way we deserve for our sins that week. What would you want to do after four weeks, five weeks? Not show up. up. Right. Not show up at all. Try to hide your sins. Make sure you wouldn't see them. We'd be doing all kinds of things. We'd be making fig leaves, right? To cover our sin. Fig leaves always wither. You can't cover your sin in front of God. He sees it. No matter what the sin is, He sees it. If it's in your head, He sees it. If it's in your heart, He sees it. If it's in your hands, He sees it. He sees the sin. But the Bible says He doesn't treat us that way. He doesn't treat us that way. He doesn't treat us as our sins. He doesn't repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Have you ever pondered how high the heaven is above the earth? There are telescopes in space right now, a bunch of them, that are taking pictures of stuff hundreds of millions of light years away. And there's some really cool stuff out there. If, if you want to be fascinated by God, if you want to be in awe of God, go online and look out, look up some of the pictures of stuff that's floating out there in space. There's nebulae, super nebulae, black holes that are eating stars, and stars that are eating black holes. I mean, it's it's amazing, and that's just what we can see so far with our telescopes. And God says, as far as the Earth is from all of that, from all of that. I mean, our Milky Way alone is 100 million light years across. But it's a tiny, it's tiny compared to some of the others that are out there. There are galaxies that are 10 times or 100 times as big as our galaxy. that are floating around out there. That's how big God's love is for us. For those who worship Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgression from us. That's pretty cool, right? God takes it away from us. God says, the Father says, I'm taking this away from you. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who worship him. Fathers love to have compassion on their children. Good fathers do. Because they know that the child will learn child will learn the child spills the milk at the table the good father doesn't smack him off the chair and call him an idiot the good father says whooped you made a mess i'll help you clean it up the good father goes and gets the paper towels and sits down with the child and says let's clean this up together we can do this together that's what the good father does he has compassion For he knows how we're formed. The good Father knows how we're formed. He remembers that we're dust. You realize you're dust, right? Right? Right. Say to yourself, I'm dust. I'm dust. I'm dust. And God knows that. But I'm also a son or a daughter of the Most High God. Say that depending on what you are. I'm a son of the Most High God. Yeah. You're both of those. That's what the song says that Frank introduced to us today, right? We're dust, but we're divine at the same point. Not divine like God, but we have the divine nature in us. For he knows that we're dust. As for a man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over and it's gone, and his place was remembered no more. In other words, everybody dies. 100% chance. 100% chance. And 100% chance that most of us will never be remembered ever again, after so many years, right? Walk through a grave uh, you know, sometime and look at all the gravestones and read the names and go, I, I don't know them. I've never heard of him. Never heard of him. You'll go to almost all of them and you would never have heard of them, right? God knows that. He knows that about us. He knows that this life is short, 80 years, you know, 110, 111, if you read the stories, But it ends. And God knows that. So he's not putting all this pressure on us to perform and to be and to do something that we're not. Does that make sense? He knows if he squeezes us enough, we'll turn right back to dust. He doesn't want that for us. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who worship him. There it is again. The Lord's love is just there. Those who worship him. And his righteousness with their children's children. His righteousness is now on my grandchildren. His righteousness is now on your grandchildren, right? All 27 of them. I know, they just keep popping out, don't they? It's amazing. It's all boys, right? Except for one little girl. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. And his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels. You mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all of his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all of his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. So, somewhere in your spirit, just say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And if you don't feel like the Father loves you this morning, I'm here to assure you based on his word, that he does. He absolutely loves you. There's nothing you can do or say this morning to make him not love you. Nothing. Not one single thing. You can lay on the floor and pitch a fit, right? He's still going to love you. You can walk out this door and say, I'm never going back to church again. He's still going to love you. You can say, I hate God. He's going to say, I still love you. You can completely turn your back on him and walk away. He's going to simply say, I still love you. I'll be here when you get back. When you get done with the pig pen, just come back to see me. I've got a robe and a ring, new sandals, and a meal waiting for you. That's the kind of father we, we serve. That's the kind of father we love. And that's the kind of father who loves us. Do you feel that this morning? Do you feel his love this morning? I hope you do. I so hope you do. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for being the, the good Father that you are. The great Father that you are. The gracious Father that you are. The generous Father that you are. The giving Father that you are. Thank you, Father. You are amazing. I give you thanks and praise on this Father's Day for who you are. And Father, help us to become more like you. That's plan that's the purpose help us to be all these things we just read to other people in our lives help us to be all these things we just read to our husband or our wife our children our our parents our grandparents our co-workers the, the stranger that we meet on the street help us to be this to them because we participate in the divine nature yes we're dust but we are divine as well because we participate with you. So, Father, help us to be this to others. Help us to live with fortitude, loving God, loving others, loving ourself and loving your creation. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.